0: to worship. And Lily, welcome back. I hope you're uh, fully restored to health. I'm going to invite you to take a minute, as I'm doing just now, sort of unexpected, but looking at the sun streaming in to our worship space. I also read this week that this is the darkest winter Ontario has had in 80 years. Some snarky pastor said to his wife the other day upon reading this, and I am glad that I got to be here to experience it. Not. <laughs> yes, not. <laughs> so how intriguing today that we would be looking at images of seeing, not seeing, of darkness and of light and maybe what those things mean to us. Today's lengthy conversation that Jesus has with someone who receives sight for the very first time, it pays to know where that conversation rests in John's grander story. Jesus just before has spoken about being light in the world and has made claims that actually got him thrown out of the temple. And the scholars debate this. How much time was there between Jesus having to run for his life and encountering this person who was blind since birth? So, that leads us into today's gospel encounter, which is followed by, and this is significant as well, Jesus speaking about being the good shepherd, one willing to lay down his life for the sheep, and while he's at it, to bring about abundant life. So that might give you quite a bit to ponder and to take in as we worship together today. Uh, the service begins with the confession and forgiveness. That is printed in our Lenten lilac covered colored bulletin. grace and peace to you from God who summoned light primeval, Jesus bringing light to the world, and the Spirit of God bringing light into God's church. Just recently, somebody shared with me what it's like when you start to lose your sight. That it's not only the losing your sight, it's the becoming sort of invisible, the social isolation that comes when we become disabled. Or maybe the problem is with the rest of us because we don't know how to act around people when they lose an ability or a life circumstance brings them great difficulty. Maybe on some primal level, we're even afraid that a life circumstance like a disability or an addiction or poverty are somehow contagious. And we just don't want to go there. Jesus goes there. He seeks out this person who, from birth, was blind he heals it. Boy, wouldn't that be a lovely end of the story? (laughs) Somebody at the first service said, just within my earshot, yeah, but this isn't Disney. Because, well, for one thing, imagine seeing for the very first time if you've never seen anything before. But imagine being around somebody who you knew as that random beggar or your relative who depended on you and was so vulnerable and now could see. What do you do with that? And did you notice the struggle in the religious community? They saw all kinds of problems. But did they see the person whose sight was restored? Did they see a child of God before them? Or did they just see problems with how to faithfully carry out the Sabbath? Or how does God really work? The disciples and the religious leaders grappled with this notion that God rewards the nice and punishes the bad. Jesus isn't having it. God's goodness is for everyone. And so that too becomes part of the struggle. hearing the story and preparing this sermon, I thought, wouldn't it be easier if this person whose sight is restored had a name? I'll confess, I thought maybe I should name him. <laughs> and then I thought, well, no, that's just cheesy. But the more I thought about it, the more it occurred to me, the awkwardness maybe is intentional how do we define each other and ourselves and God? And how do we talk about this person who started out life not seeing and now sees? The truth of the matter is that how we describe people and how we describe ourselves says as much about us as it does about the things and the people we describe I don't know if Facebook is part of the canon of faith these days, but there is a meme going around that I think is quite powerful, and it says, You cannot look at another face in the world without seeing a child of God. Is that what we see when we look around, when we look at each other, when we look in the mirror? Is it that we see and how do we explain it all? There are many parallels, I think, between this person's experience of finding healing and our own. Maybe we like to say seeing is believing. Unless you're a grumpy old pastor <laughs> Who says well maybe we would end up being like the Pharisees and we see something ah he was faking the blindness come on it's a hoax isn't that one way of dealing with things that don't make sense just brush them aside but what if God is at work And what does it mean to believe? We've been speaking about this, especially during Lent, that people maybe look at the faith as this well, you have to be convinced of something. And once you're convinced, you follow prescribed orders of conduct. And if you can get those two things down, you're in, you belong. We'll teach you the secret handshake and uh, the speakeasy knock on the door and you're good to go. Some of you are chuckling at my characterization of all of that. So maybe that's a hint that the gospel actually takes all of that and upends it and says you belong in the first place. That's where it all begins. And the belief is the trusting, the living, and the loving in that state of belonging. That's belief. It's not a one-off, okay, I accept this as truth, check the box. In fact, it is recurring. There is belief and believing again and growing in our understanding. Or if you like, and I like to quote here, the preacher Joy J. Moore from her podcast on Working Preacher, where she says, we see, we live in relationship, and we see again. And we continue seeing in new ways, ways that maybe challenge us, ways that maybe even change the way we live. So is seeing believing it might lead us there but then again is believing seeing <laughs> have you had enough caffeine to follow that one <laughs> that that relationship does shape the way we see and we see again So the belonging, though, is not the same kind of belonging as, say, joining the club, something we do on our initiative. But it's the belonging in which God's love finds us. And that's where things begin to change. That's where we begin to have our understandings of belonging grow just as they do for the man who experiences healing and sight. He has no earthly clue who this Jesus person is. Some random guy with mud is how he starts. That leads to well, what could be a prophet. And in the conversation he has with Jesus, he finds himself interacting with the Messiah, the one who says, I am. God's soul loving the world, it takes the shape of Jesus seeking out someone who had been an outcast. (laughs) Twice, actually. But God's soul loving the world also takes the shape in the form of God healing and restoring and continuing God's very heart's desire. The mending of all creation that God so dearly loves.